You know, when we started the year, this year, uh, with Antioch, we had a, a word for the movement, more of Jesus, which is a great, great word, more of Jesus. And it really, that, that word really is what's needed in our world right now with all that's going on in our country, in the Metroplex. We need more of the Lord. We need to be turning to the Lord. And, uh, but the, the thing is, though, we all need help waking up to who we really are. It's, it's the truth. We all need help because we, we drift and we doze and, and we get confused sometimes. George MacDonald, one of my uh, heroes from the past, said, uh, but we who would be born again indeed must wake our souls unnumbered, unnumbered times during the day. But we who would be born again indeed must wake our souls unnumbered times during the day. Why is that? It's because we drift, we, 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 we fall asleep. Wake up, O oh sleeper, and Christ will shine on you. You know, there's a need for us to stir ourselves up in the Lord. We forget just how, how what our destiny is. I was listening to an old friend, uh, Bob Hamp. Some of you guys, he taught in our training school uh, for a number of different times. And, and uh, he was saying the other day, our stories are too small. We see our story as too small. We see it as this, you know, this, this small thing, and we, all we can think about is the last few weeks of our life, and it's been hard, and we're banging up against a tree in the middle of the forest of life, and, we're, you know, and that's, that's kind of the issue, right, that, that thing. Or maybe we get past that one, and then it's this other one. But we forget there's this massive journey that God has us on. and We're part of God's gigantic, global, intergalactic huge story that he's working, bringing things, making things right. We're a part of that story. That's the story that God's made us to be a part of. And, and, and we forget sometimes how big it really is. And in our humility, sometimes we're even slow to think about it. You know, I, I don't want to think about myself. I'm not really that, I'm not, I don't have that kind of destiny, right? We don't think of ourselves as, as being glorious in God. And so maybe if it's too hard for you to think about yourself, think about somebody else. Look around this room. You know, there's other, just the destiny of Marsha Asherbrander is to be glorious in Jesus Christ. You know, and so when I think about that, I, there's this C.S. Lewis quote from this little book he wrote called The Weight of Glory. It's really more like an, almost like a long article. But uh, he says, it is a serious thing to live in a society of possible gods and goddesses. And he doesn't mean like equal with God. He just means like that's our destiny is to be glorious, transformed into his glory, you know? And he goes on, he says, to remember that the dullest and most uninteresting person you talk to may one day be a creature which if you saw it now, you would be strongly tempted to worship. Isn't that amazing? You know, you see this glorified person and you'd be like, ah, oh, you know, I'm just me. You know, but that's our destiny. He says, or else a horror and a corruption such as you now meet, if at all, only in a nightmare. All day long, we are in some degree helping each other to one or other, the other of these destinations. There are no ordinary people, he finishes. There are no ordinary people. We're being transformed into His glory or as we say no to Him over and over again into something more hideous that's less like His image. Our destiny, though, is to be conformed to the image of God in Jesus Christ. 
That's, that's where this thing is going. That's where we're headed. It's something that God will finish. And getting in step with God is the way we walk this thing out. And we get in step by doing some of the things we talked about last week. Surrender. Lord, order my thinking. Renew my mind. Change my attitude. Get me in step with you in all things. Let my eyes go where you want my eyes to go. Let my hands take me on the internet where I need to be taken on the internet and not where I don't need to be taken on the internet. Let my feet lead me by, by your spirit where I need to be going. You see what I'm saying? We could go on and on and on with examples of that. But this prayer that we're looking at today in Ephesians chapter 3, it's, it's an apostolic prayer. And I want to just, over time, come back, you know, just, uh, just with different uh, space and time between some of these messages, but come back to some of these apostolic prayers. The great thing about apostolic prayers is you're not on a shaky limb like, uh, you know, can I pray this way? Is it okay for me to pray that more of God's power by His Spirit would come inside of me, that I would know Christ more and more and more? Is it a shaky limb prayer to pray that we would know His love, the width, height, depth, breadth, and this, this love that's going to just blow us away and we won't fully understand it? It's beyond knowledge, what He says. It's amazing. So it's a solid prayer. And it's at the end of the greatest, highest, most glorious section of Scripture in the New Testament. I know that bothers some people. It's the Mount Everest of the New Testament, Ephesians 1 to 3. It's, I mean, it's like, it's grand, global. It's Jesus Christ, high and lifted up. It's Christ, the church, and the glory of God. It's massive. And so let's, let's read this. I, I love the, the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. I love the Trinity, just the clarity about Father, Son, and Holy Spirit in all these chapters, and even in the prayer For this reason, I kneel before the Father, from whom His whole family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of His glorious riches, out of His glorious riches, He may strengthen you with power through His Spirit in your inner being, so that you, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the saints to grasp how wide Long and high and deep is the love of Christ, and to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Now to Him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to His power that is at work within us, to Him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. Lord, amen. Do it. You know, and one of the cool things is we love stories. We, we all do. It's just we're, we're wired that way. God made us. God's into story, you know. And so in a good story, there's like somebody and they're kind of rolling along. Things are good. And then something bad happens. And then it's like a hero comes and helps them out, you know. And then everything's better again. Well, in our little story, there's Adam and Eve. And then the fall happens, but then God comes, and He's always had this promise for us, you know, that He was going to make things right. He comes to a guy named Abram, and He makes this promise that through your family, everybody, all the nations of the earth are going to be blessed, every single one. And so you've got the history of the Israelites, the prophets, and the kings, and then finally Jesus comes on the scene, and He makes things right. And we are living in that story. 
the story where Jesus, there's all these things that are true in Jesus. They're, uh, in, in the Greek, it's called indicative. They're indicative statements. It's just, the, this is the way it is. In Christ, this is what's true. And now we, uh, we have these imperative things that we're called to, to walk into. I don't see it all fully happening in my life, but I'm called to live in that story. And so Paul's touching on all of that in Ephesians chapters 1 to 3. And so when he prays for this reason, what's he saying? For this reason, why? Why is he praying this? For this reason, I'm starting to pray. Think about it. That, that for this reason is every, all these other story things that have happened in chapter 1, chapter 2, chapter 3. All of that stuff is for this reason. So for this reason, because God didn't leave us, He's given us every spiritual blessing in Christ in the heavenly realms. Wow. You know, for this reason, he adopted us. He, he just, his plan from even before creation was to adopt us into his family, to express his love, for us to enjoy that love. I'm just kind of walking through, if you're wondering, where's he getting these points? It's just from right there in Ephesians. His plan was to lavish grace on us and forgive us through the blood of Jesus Christ. To put all things under the headship of Jesus Christ. To give us His Holy Spirit as a deposit guaranteeing what's to come. You know, and, and he goes on. He, he, he prays a prayer, another apostolic prayer, that we would have wisdom and knowledge. The spirit of wisdom and knowledge so that we would know Him better. Who doesn't want that? I, I mean, I just want to be... Fixed, transformed, renewed, have my mind fixed on Jesus Christ and know Him better and better who reveals God to the world. I, I want that. You know, and he goes on, he prays, I pray that the eyes of your heart would be enlightened so that you'd know the hope to which you've been called. I pray that you would know the glorious riches that are ours in the saints, His inheritance. That's, that's who we are. Look around, do the awkward look real quick. Just a bunch of glorious riches in Jesus Christ. Isn't that awkward? Sorry, if you're visiting. I don't, I don't do that very often. <laughs> so so the, 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 in, in the power that's this incomparable power that's at work within us, it's the same power that raised Jesus Christ from the dead. He's, that's, for this reason, for this reason, for this reason. And he goes on, he's head over all things for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. The fullness, you want the fullness? It's here. It's together in the church, you know, for this reason. He goes on, he says, you were dead. You guys were dead in your sins, but God made us alive with him in Jesus Christ. And he seated us with him in the heavenly realms. Isn't that awesome news? And it's going to take coming ages for us to fully grasp because he's going to put the kindness that's expressed in the grace of Jesus Christ on display for coming ages. I don't, that's a long time. For this reason, though, that's what he's praying. Isn't that good? For this reason. He goes on. It's the grace of God. None of us, we didn't do this. Even the, the faith that you have to believe is a gift from God. It's a gift. It's a gift. His grace is a gift. It's a gift. God's done it. And he wants us in on this thing. He has made us to be his own personal workmanship, like a little poem that expresses the way things ought to be on planet Earth. That's what he's doing. That's what he's working. You see, the deal is we were all once far away. Far away like strangers to the covenant, foreigners to the covenant of God. But in Jesus Christ, we've been brought near. All of us. All the different ethnic groups that are represented in this room right now, we've all been brought near together. Once there was a dividing wall of hostility between us, 
the dividing wall has been brought down in Jesus Christ. That's a good word for just what we're going through right now. We want to be the people that live out of that. Live out of that reality that the wall is down. We've been brought into the household of God together. Made to be God's household with the apostles and prophets. Christ Jesus is the cornerstone, the foundation. We're building on that foundation even now. Paul said it was all a mystery. All this stuff was a mystery, but then it started getting revealed. A mystery in the Bible is something that was hidden, but now is revealed in Jesus Christ. And this mystery was that people always saw themselves as separate. Jew, Gentile, all the other nations. People judging each other, looking down on each other, saying mean things about each other. All that kind of stuff. But he's bringing us together in Jesus Christ. All the unsearchable riches of Christ, I mean... It's going to take forever to start understanding unsearchable riches, right? And it gets worked out in the church. Now, I'm, I'm going on about this too long, but the, the point is, for this reason, it's through the church. How, that's how Jesus gets distributed. That's how he gets out. That's how he gets administrated to the world around us. We're like the economy of God getting Jesus out to the world. And it's a good word for us today and so we can approach him with boldness and confidence and all of that is the background for him saying for this reason I kneel before the father you know that's the story we've been brought into what a story you know we're kind of do and then some bad stuff happens but then some good stuff happens in Jesus and no matter what part of that story we find ourselves in when we start getting down and despair there's hope when we start losing our faith about stuff, there's faith that comes through Jesus Christ. His faith, His life, His hope, His power, His love, His goodness. All of that. So, here's the main thing today. Is that God wants us to grow up. I'm going to, be this, I'm going to do a part one this week, part two next week. Same prayer. We'll do the second part of the, the prayer. But He wants us to grow up into maturity and love and do it together. This, this is how it happens. You cannot do it, you know, riding solo off into the sunset. It just, it doesn't work that way. It works in a western or something, but it does not, it does not work in real life like that. It works together. So here we go. A couple points about this. Paul prays out of the Father's fullness, his glorious riches for more of God's power. That's what he's saying there. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through His Spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. So this happens individually, and it happens corporately. I mean, when it happens individually, it's, it's probably when Jesus is getting illuminated, and you're, that's like being born again. It's when you, the Spirit comes and you see that. It's like, wow, Jesus did it all. It's good news. I can remember, you know, ransomed, healed, restored, forgiven, Made, things made right in my thinking and my heart. And I can remember what it was like to be broken and thinking about death. And then Jesus steps into my situation. I, I've shared this in my testimony many times. But I just want you to know, when I met him, everything changed. That relationship, everything changed from meeting Jesus. Him, seeing him that night when I was thinking about killing myself and just him, him going like this to me. Is that Jesus, if that's you, you've got to save me because I am so lost. And there's a, several hundred other stories in this room right now of the same, the same kind of grace. And 
that grace isn't just an individual thing. It's a corporate thing as well. It's like, you know, when the Spirit came at Pentecost, something happened. This, all these nations that were just nations, this different people groups and stuff, all these different ethnos is the, the Greek word. It means ethnic groups. So all these different groups were suddenly made one in the power of the Spirit. God did that. Something from heaven broke in, and God did that. Isn't that good news? You know, so let me say it this way. There may be some people in the church right now that we just, we so like everything about them, and we, we, we like to do the exact same things. We like to talk about the Cowboys and the Rangers, and, the, and we like golf, and, but not just any golfer. We like Jordan Spieth, and, and, and we like the same food, and we, not just any food, but the same food, and we like going to the same places at the same time. Like, that may happen, but it doesn't happen a lot. And that's not why we're here. That's not how we got here. We got here because Jesus Christ did something in our lives that rocked our world, and it's blowing us away. It's the kingdom of God breaking into the earth. It's heaven. It's, it's, it's the way it's going to be, and, and we do it imperfectly. I just, it's, it starts and stops and, and goofy thinking and then backing up and repenting and telling somebody I'm sorry and, and help me and just getting up again the next morning. God, okay, that word, let the morning bring me word of your unfailing love. His mercies are new every morning. Anybody been on those lately? You know, it's just, it's just that's, that's how we do this thing. So we need more of God's power in our lives that reveals Jesus. That power that raised Him from the dead is the power that causes us and empowers us and makes us want to seek Jesus as the treasure of all of life in all of the earth and all of the universe. And so it's, it's, it's huge. It's a big deal. You know, and... Uh, and it's happening all around the world. I, I'm so, I got off the phone with a, a Skype the other day with Ben Moss, our college pastor who's still in Greece in Thessaloniki. And God is moving, you guys. I mean, He's moving here in us, but He's moving over there with people that desperately need Jesus. And I got a video uh, as well. They'd made a little video of, of uh, Ben and two of our college leader guys baptizing Muslim background men from Syria. And then those guys coming out of the water. Isn't that awesome? I mean, God, He's moving. He does all that stuff. That's His power at work to reveal Jesus Christ in the earth. It's good news. Good, good news. Let's go on to the second one. Second point there is that Paul prays out of the Father's glorious riches for more of God's love. You know, so when he goes on there, he says, and I pray that you being rooted and established may have power together with all the saints. It takes all of us to get this. To grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ and to know that this love surpasses knowledge. I want you to know this love. It's right for us to pray that. But it's also good for us to remember in the back of our hearts that we won't ever get there, arrive, or have it finally figured out. The more love you know about, the more you'll realize there's more for me to know about. It surpasses knowledge. That's what he says. So it's this... This is where things go. This is, this is where it's going. It's the best way to describe God. Okay, so after I've said Jesus, then the best way to describe God is, well, Father and the Holy Spirit. But after that, the best way to describe God is love. He's a God of love. That's, that's who He is. That's what, his, that's what His name is. 
And He calls us into this. All that God does, I mean, I don't know all the reasons God did the creation, but I mean, at least some piece of it you could go, He chose us in Him before the creation of the world that we might be adopted to sonship into His family. I mean, part of it has to be His overflowing love just wanting to bring us into that and wanting us to experience that and wanting us to be His people that we, He works through on the earth to experience the fullness of that love. I'm going to just throw the uh, slide up there if you would. So this is the core truth. The core truth. And uh, the core truth is that God is love. Okay? God is love. And the core truth is that God loves us. And the core truth is that God made us to love. That's why Jesus said the most important thing is loving God and loving others. So God is love. God loves us. God made us to love. And when all that's working right, it's kind of like the Trinity on earth. It's like the Father, Son, Holy Spirit love happening in people's lives. Giving away that love in all of our relationships. Sharing, sacrificially, laying down our lives. Agape, giving. You know, and so that's the way it ought to be, but there's a core lie that happened in the garden, and it still happens today, and that is this. Go ahead. The, the core lie is a lie about God. So Adam and Eve in the garden, did God really say? And it's this lie that gets us to doubt the goodness of God, the love of God, the, the grace of God, that God's for us. And we have to hear it a thousand different ways and we have to see it in the person of Jesus before we really get it. You, we don't come up with it on our own that God is good and loving like Jesus. That's why He comes. He becomes a man so that we can get this and see that there's some other things there too. But the, So when we believe that lie about God, we then believe a lie about us. And so if you could take the box there, the red box, and just kind of imagine there's just the red line there. Because what happens, first of all, if we believe that lie about God, then we can't receive His love. We don't receive His love and our, our acceptance and our significance and security and our identity. All the stuff that comes from knowing the love of God. And when we don't receive that, then we don't give it in the right way because we do it for motives. We're trying to get love from others, and we have mixed motives in our, you know, we're trying to get life from somebody, you know, rather than receiving that life from God. And so what it does is, a lie about God leads to a lie about us, leads to a lie about others. And all of this, you guys, is based on uh, the fall, really. I mean, the, the, what happened in the garden, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, that choice was a choice that got us believing the lie about God, but it also put us on the throne of our own decisions and our own judgments about people. I'm going to be the one who's making the call about you and you and you. And, and what that does is it cuts me off from God's love flowing through me to other people. Does that make sense? So I want to be this conduit, tree of life, that would be surrendered to Jesus, living by His life, letting His life and love flow to others, but over here, I'm the, I then get to be the resource for how much love gets to be given. And suddenly, as me on the throne, I'm evaluating, because I've only got so much love to give, and I'm evaluating who's worth it, who's, you know, I'm number four, you're number five. <laughs> I'm number four, you're number two. Oh. You know, and we're just, the ranking, judging, 
thing that happens, and it's death. Trying to get life from others is death. And you can feel it's a graspy, uh, would, you, would you give me life? Would you give me love? And so we, when we're doing this thing over here, we get broken pretty quick. You know, and a lot of the weirdness in our lives is us trying to run the show. And so we can't do it. It just, it's, a, it's a broken thing, you know. And so what does love actually look like? I mean, point blank, what does love look like? It looks like God in Jesus Christ laying down His life for the sins of the world. This is love, John says in 1 John 4. This is love, not that we loved God first, but that He loved us first and sent His Son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. So if you want to know what love looks like, look to Calvary. Look to Jesus laying down His... This is God and His love. It's... It's a self-sacrificing, agape, surrendering kind of love on behalf of others. That's what, that's what love actually is. And so this, this word about more of God's love is going to lead us down this road. Down this road of His life and trusting in Him. Getting off of the throne and trusting in God's life. I mean, there's a way, even there's a piece of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil that you can even make religious and make it like the way you're trying to live. Well, like one, an example of that would be, it's the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. You know, it's, where we're called to dependence upon God, we can even in our own strength trust our decisions about goodness or rightness. You know, the truth is, we're really, our group it's probably a little bit more right than most of the other groups out there. That's how insidious it is, right? Y'all knew I was joking, right? <laughs> but we do that. We slide into that. You know, I'm, I'm probably a little bit more right than, than the others. And for long, I'm, I'm getting my life from my rightness. It's a dead-end street. It's a cul-de-sac. It's a, it's, there's no flow of life in that. And you have to be like me in order to receive my acceptance of you. And so this is a huge word for us in the time that we're walking through right now, right? I mean, the Lord is calling us to wake up. And I don't even know what all it means. I know practically for, for me, it's meant turning to some friends. You know, just finding out on Friday, Friday morning, uh, I was talking with Houston McBemina yesterday, and, and uh, he was in the first service, and he was asking me something about when I found out on the, you know, one of the different things, and I said, well, I don't, we don't have TV right now. I've kind of tried to have TV. Um, I tried a couple weeks ago, and the lady was, was rude, and so I ended up not doing it. <laughs> I was trying to buy something, you know, to package, and it was just frustrating. Y'all pray for me on that. <laughs> That's weird. Um, but so I, I, didn't, I didn't know. But, but then when I found out on, on, on Friday morning, you know, just I was already grieving over these other things and then the, the shootings in Dallas. And, and I just, I said, Lord, what do I do? And what I was sensing, the Lord saying that first thing was just start turning to people. Turn to, you know, Larry, Pastor Larry Mouton, who spoke here a couple weeks ago. You know, we just, we spent a good hour on the phone just talking praying, talking about some of the things we're talking about this morning, turning to Jesus, turning to each other, praying together, um, you know, and, and just uh, 
And I want to encourage you guys in that. I mean, just practically, you know, there's a couple things we can do, not just on, on the current issue situation, but just in all of life. If we're going to live in more of God's power and more of God's love, we've got to connect with God on a daily basis. I, I leak. I'm, I'm three days away from funkiness on any given subject or topic. I just, I need Jesus every single morning. I need to hear the Father say that He loves me every single morning. You're like, wow, you're really needy. Okay. Yes, I'm really needy. I need to hear God tell me He loves me all the time. And I just do better when that, that's, there's more of that love flowing through me to others and less overwhelmed, weary. I can't carry this, the world and I can't, but I'll believe it sometimes when I'm standing over here on this, eating from this tree, right? Um, so morning by morning, connecting with God. And again, you, you guys have heard me say this. This is, if you're new to the church, this is the most important piece of pastoral advice I can give. Is that you set aside time every single morning to spend time with Jesus. It's, it's just, it's, it's, it's a matter of life and death. It really is. And certainly, sin and purity and all kinds of other things that we could draw contrast between. Um, but the other piece then practically is to connect with others. And I'm touching on that already, but just in the church. God birthed something from heaven, and it's, it's a beautiful thing. And our fellowship, you guys, together from all these different backgrounds and stuff is Jesus. You know, and it's, I can say, hey man, how, you know, tell me about the Ranger game or Tell me about the Cowboys or the Aggies. Uh, I'm looking at an Aggie. Um, uh, and somebody else would appreciate me saying TCU or Texas or whatever. But, uh, but I could say, hey, tell me about those things. And you have a certain level of fellowship. But when that fellowship goes to tell me what's fresh and new about Jesus, I mean, the meal changes instantly. It's because that's why we're here. That's what we have to give to the world around us. And Jesus shapes us into being people that can really be conduits for the grace, the love, the power, the life, the kingdom of God. And that's what we want to happen. So, you know, just practically, you know, as we're go going out of here today, Lord, would you just lead us into the next thing? Would you lead us into how to take the next step in Jesus' mighty name? You guys stand up. Worship team, come. We're going to take five minutes here and just respond to the Lord. So I want to just encourage you. Let's stand up together. Ministry team, come on up. And here's the question I, I want you to ask. Just before we even, before you formally respond, just say, Lord, just bow your head and say, Lord, how do I respond to this prayer? Is there something in me that's hindering an, uh, me being an answer to this prayer, to this prayer being answered for more of the Spirit's power. For more of the love of God to be known, experienced. And I want to just say it again, because I don't know where everybody's at, but just... Uh, you know, Jesus told a parable one time that this is what the Father's like. But you could be a sinner who's been in a, the far country and slowly thinking about Jesus and coming back. Well, the Father comes running. 
And, if, and you could be, you know, been around church forever, you know, and kind of missing out on the fullness of what God has for you. And God's love is, oh, everything I have is yours already. Didn't you know that? It's all yours. So live in that. I mean, so whether we're sinners or religious or the Father wants to express His love to us. He's receiving us this morning and He wants us to be conduit people for that grace. So Father, give us grace to take the next step today, whatever that is. Just, just a response. Maybe it's a, a change of perspective. Maybe it's some repentance about a particular issue. change of attitude, change of mind. Maybe it's some physical thing to do, a phone call to be made, someone to reach out to at work. Lord, give us that grace, that God, Trinity-like grace of Father and Son in the Spirit turned face to face. Give us grace to turn to one another, to be uh, people that express love and peacemakers in this time people that help bring down the fear level and express the love of God in the midst of our, our time that we're living in right now. We love you, Lord. Hey, whatever your need is, respond to God. Just take it. We're just going to take a minute. Just respond to him, though. Say yes to him. If it's in your seat or if it's up here, get in prayer. But say yes. That's the ex exhortation. Jesus' mighty name. Lord, bless your people. Do it. Whatever your need is, come and get prayer, you guys.